Hi, Raja. What's up, Mom? How you doing today? Um, okay. Got a toothache. But more it. You know, you look like it too. You don't like you don't feel too good. There'll be a lot of other people. You know my face beat. Well, your face is beautiful, but you just like you don't feel good. But you sound good. Yeah, I do not feel good. Thought you was trying to say I look rough. I ain't see you. I might be looking a little rough today. Y'all can't see me. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Let's do this. It's recording day. It's Friday, people. Woo-woo. Time for the weekend. It's time for the weekend. Um, Yeah. Last episode, we talked about the government shutdown. Guess what? We are in day 28. Lord have mercy. Please pray for us, nation. Yes. Um, tens and thousands of government workers have been furloughed. They have sent notifications out about food stamps and other government subsidies that, you know, people will be getting some things earlier uh, that were allocated for the month of February and that um, they should not be expecting any March um, rations or anything until further notice. So it's just a hot mess. It's just a hot mess out here. Um, I hope you all are able to make some smart decisions to make everything last. Also, be on the lookout for different tips I've seen on social media about how you can still get things. Like, if you um, aren't able to get food stamps and you have young kids, you can go to the doctor and have them write a prescription for milk and have your insurance pay for it. Um, I'm not sure how that works for all states, but that's something you should check out if you are in need. Also, check out um, local food banks. Um, They're going to be strapped um, possibly for items in the future, but get some canned goods and water and things that you can make last or stretch as of now. If you know that's something you know you're gonna have to deal with, um, and it's just something to have in practice, as a lot of people are gonna be starting to live uh, paycheck to paycheck and dipping into savings and things like that. Take care, everybody. All right, people, we're in the Sugar Bowl today. That's where we share our random thoughts. Mom, I know you got some random thoughts. I do have some random thoughts. Let's talk about this here buffet etiquette. Don't you think we should have some rules? They have rules set up in most places that do have a buffet, but nobody is going by them. We see the hand sanitizer. We see the different thongs. Are we- those thongs about thong thongs. I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> it's tongs. I'm sorry. Yeah, the tongs. It's tongs. But uh, we see little kids tasting and sampling with their hands with the parents. Or we see older people needing some help and their macaroni and cheese is sliding in the gravy. We see people sneezing, mismatching the tongs. You know what I'm saying? So... That's how I feel. I just feel like we just got to do better. I say just stop going to the buffet all together. I mean, it's like eat at your own risk. Because, you know, I don't think the glass that's supposed to be protecting you is um going to protect you from everything. Because humans will find a way to make an error. Have you seen um the video of it was a man? It looked like he was at a grocery store buffet set up. And it was the soup. Thing and he sucked the ladle in the soup and then he drank out of the ladle yes, and I, put it right back in the soup. I saw that and wanted to throw up in my throat. 
I thought that was disgusting. Just like they was talking about people wearing chin hair protection, just like they said for the hair nets. That's good too, but sometimes you still find hair and food or really cooked in the food. Recently, I read an article. A lady found a rat in her bread. Another lady had a live snail in the sandwich. Was this at a buffet? This was at a buffet. These are places that are making food for you in preparation with the buffets. You know, we're not going to give out restaurants, but yes. Yeah, that's just one of the risks of going to, I guess, a buffet because they're making food in large quantities. You got to move quick to replenish the stock. So, say your grace and hope for the best. That's what I say. And my next one. This is an old one. Um, remember some of my aunts and them used to say these little sayings like, we shall overcome someday. Because, you know, they went to the March on Washington at the time in the 60s. And you went I'm, to the March on Washington? Yo, Grandma. Grandma Jellame. Oh, I remember the button um, with the white and black hand that she yeah. had. Um, we still have that? We still have it. And the record, even though the record is not playable, but uh, we still have the 12-inch together. What 12-inch for the? March on Washington. We're celebrating who? Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. But, you know, looking at what's going on now in 2019, I want us to still stay strong, mindful, and stay prayed up because we're going through some trying times because we're not going to talk about that person that's in that chair. I think he's in the high chair. Somebody give him a bib. What do you feel about it? Um, yeah, Um. I know. It can be easy to get worn out or feel worn out with personal things you're going through. And, you know, that's not even considering the things that we are going through collectively collectively as a nation. But um, you have to continue to keep pushing. Like we were saying last time, push, push, push. But definitely keep your head up. I know you've seen the meme of the two basketball players where he lifted his teammate's head up. Lift your head up. And we have to continue to show each other love. It takes... um just those small interactions to have a positive effect. We have to keep showing love, keep speaking out, um, keep being active, um, voting, taking, when you see something, do something within means. Don't put yourself out. Take care of yourself too. You know, you can't pour from an empty cup, but we have to do this together. Um, what you think might not be affecting you the same way is going to be affecting your neighbor will hit you at some point. Um, because we don't look good out in the streets and from a global perspective, you know, this is embarrassing. But together we can make some changes. So take care of yourself and then take care of your family and then keep keep on going out, expanding, going, you know, help a neighbor. And you help the neighborhood, you help the community, you can help your city and help your state. And then, you know, we can make the, the nation better, make the world better. We got to do this together, y'all. You're right. We don't do it together. We don't want to be separated. We got to stay strong. Be mindful. Because it's a trying time. Yes. Um, my random thought, just thinking about money. Um, I don't know if I've said this to a friend. I don't think I said this on here. But, um, you know, the saying money um, can't buy you happiness. 
I know a lot of people are like, that's a lie. But um, it might not be able to buy you happiness, but it can buy you the time to explore what makes you happy. And that's evident in what people do with their money. Um, You can see what they do with their money, what they don't do with their money. But um, definitely more money gives you the opportunity to, you know, not be affected by government shutdowns or um, just not worry about day-to-day issues and just you have peace of mind and some kind of clarity clarity, or you're not worried about an emergency or things like that. But money can buy you time, which is something you think it, you know, you don't you might not think of it in that way, the same way somebody could purchase, you know, a kidney or some organs to live another day, live a couple more years, things like that. Um, it can buy you the time to explore. It makes you happy. So that was just something I was just... Just thinking about that song. I feel the same way. For me, for money, if you don't have no money, you can't do not sonata. But you know, on a happy note, it feels good when you have it, just to go anywhere to buy anything you want. But now you have to just count your blessings one by one. So if you see a penny on the ground, you be like, "Oh, I don't pick it up because it's on heads or tails." Oh, you better pick up that penny, honey, because that's 99 cents, and you know you need that one. To pick a dollar. Yes. Let's move on with more show. Sugar Cues, a.k.a. the news, where we put a little sugar in your cup. My little report is coming from Henry County, Georgia. News article, CNN, a student, Christian Fallian, he was a student at a middle school. He used money to pay for his lunch at school. He found out the money was fake. He didn't know. He didn't have no idea the money was counterfeit. He was punished anyway. His father, Irvin Falcon, went to the restaurant to purchase some items. And got the change. And he was giving it back to his son. So when his child went to school. When he was in the cafeteria. He paid his lunch with a bill. A $20 bill. So. The school contacted the family. And contacted him. And they suspended him for 10 days. The husband and wife were both confused. Because they didn't realize. The money was counterfeit. Because if they knew if it was. They wouldn't have gave it to his, to their child. Um, the parents are now going to take this to a, a high level to explain to authorities. And plus they reported to the police they didn't realize they had counterfeit money. But the school said they broke a code of conduct purchasing items using counterfeit money in the school. The poor little child felt that it was an unfair adjustment, which I think it was too. Yes. Um, how old was this child? Um, twelve. He was black. Yes, he was. Um, I saw this on Facebook. Um, I didn't read into it all the way, but it literally um leaders, especially in schools and stuff, have the discretion to make these changes. Um, choose how they want to discipline students. Um. Who is he? Who is he hurting? Um, with the counterfeit money that he didn't know about. Like, I see if it's like 
a serial issue or something and it's like okay where is this child getting all this counterfeit money it was a twenty dollar bill it wasn't a hundred dollar bill um and how much is a lunch you know what i'm saying um they chose to punish him and then punish him with 10 days like he's missing out on on you know how much you can miss in 10 days like an educate like he's set back like even if he's able to get homework he's still going to be lost that's education and time he can't get back um I hope that the parents um, can push this through the Board of Education or whoever the higher-ups is to review and take some uh, corrective actions or something. Um, I don't know what could help, but I just feel like it's biased. I don't, I hope it's not, but I just feel like it's biased. Where did Georgia? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I just – that's upsetting. Yeah, they're in um... – Henry County, Georgia, and plus he's an on-road student, and he's an athlete. He feels so hurt, and the family is uh, pursuing this to another law division so they can see if they can get some injustice on this, but the school is so adamant about trying to keep the what's going on with the school conduct, but I'm quite sure the child probably has seen other kids getting a little slap on the hands or being um dismissed from bad behaviors and this child seems like he's doing great in school this might just diminish him but i hope he just keeps his head up you know and proceed in school yeah me too um that just seems like an extra extremely harsh punishment for counterfeit money when all you had to do is send a note home and say you owe x amount of dollars or something you know we're gonna keep it reported let us know where you got it from then they just tell the store and the store can report it because the store didn't catch it, apparently. They got it from a restaurant. The father went to a restaurant, fast food, just getting changed because he knows his child needed money for school. And he said if he knew that's what was going to happen, he would have checked the money. But in a rush, you know, you're trying to get your child to school. You're not thinking about that. This seems like these are good, honest parents. Yep. Yeah, I hope they can find some justice like you were saying. Um... My story comes from The Verge. Um, a little talking about some gaming um, with Rockstar's Red Dead Redemption 2. I never played the first one. Um, I have played some Rockstar games, um, mostly Grand Theft Auto. Um, growing up, between me and my brothers, we would play that. Chico's, all that stuff. and That was on PlayStation 2. I play Xbox now, but um, Red, Red Dead Redemption is pretty popular online and um just reading about it and what was what the time um time frame it was set in I kind of knew what was going to happen based on my experience playing gears and all the things and being a female gamer but also being black um the title of this article saying uh playing Red Dead Redemption online as a black character means enduring racist garbage um just by the title alone, I was like, yeah, I've experienced this playing Gears and things. I make it a habit to play as both a female, a female of color, if um, applicable or possible. Like, you know, if you can create your character in RPG games or anything. Um, but anytime I can, I'll play as a black character. Um, if it's a male, I'll play as a black male. If they don't have females, but if they have females and females of color, you better believe I'll be playing as a female of color. Just because, but um, sometimes you just hear all kinds of crazy stuff online 
when you have your headset on and things like that, and then people find out you're a female on top of that. Just trash. You hear little kids cussing, saying the N-word. Um, and you pick and choose your battles when you want to correct people about the language they use. And some people are respective, respectful and will apologize and things like that. And other people are just garbage. Says slave catchers, KKK inspired clans and racial targeting what players reenact in rock stars western. Um, says the joys of red denver dishes two opened open world are in its details. You must eat, you must bathe, you must shave, you must clean your guns. Minor characters all have elaborate routines. Suggest a life um beyond the player. Um, even background scenery demands attention. The onus um, devotion to awarding cowboy fantasy birth, a culture that expects developers rockstar games have accounted for nearly anything the player might do within its digital borders. Red Dead also takes place in 1899, three years after the Supreme Court legalized racial segregation. Midway through the presidency of a man who fought in the Civil War, which means to some fans, air-specific racism becomes a part of the experience. To play Red Redemption 2 is to test the boundaries of what is possible within the elaborate simulation. One YouTuber in particular, Shikaro, Shiraco, <laughs> my um, gamer tag... Y'all don't even know that. If you if if you play games with me online, you know who what, what my name is. Um, if not, y'all might find out later. Um, has Shiraco has a channel full of taboo situations that he uh, conducts for the viewing pleasure of his audience, like feeding an in-game feminist to a virtual alligator. But by far his most popular video is what happens if you bring black men to KKK. A three-minute Red Dead Redemption 2 clip that has been viewed over 8 million times. As it turns out, nothing happens. The KKK video was an idea many viewers wanted me to test. Shiraco told The Verge the top content of the on the footage, which has 11,000 upvotes. So it's like thumbs ups. Um, bemoans the rock stars um, didn't account for player forcing a black man to the KKK member to meet. After all, the spectator says, Red Dead Redemption is so detailed that it wouldn't be a stretch to assume Rockstar might have hidden something special for curious players. So those would be like Easter eggs and stuff um, that you just happen upon. Or, you know, you'll see a video or something about it. People go look for, looking for it. Um, when people think sideways like this, especially... um. The the time frame is 1899. People are thinking like, oh, you know, that's before we've had different laws and civil rights movements and stuff. So people, I'm sure, were excited um, given our current political climate. It's just crazy um, that people, of course, people would want to see this. I mean, I would have been curious as well to see what did the developers program into it. But, um... Some other quotes from the article says, "White boys on Red Dead Redemption, well, Red Dead Redemption online really be calling black people darkies." Wow! It says one um, user on Twitter said, "And all that is um, racist is still kind of funny." Red Dead got these white boys on some throwback racist ish. 
you know, he said the S word, but I ain't cussing for y'all because it's a family show. Um, and it says players read that redemption online for an hour today and already ran into two N words role playing as runaway slave characters. Wow. Okay. So those are two black people playing, um, pretending to be slaves. Um, and of course my character is black. So y'all can tell how that went. LMAO funny as if this man, somebody said, um, so that's two different sides. So you have, you know, white people who are trying to, you know, live this, live this fantasy race play simulation. And then the other side is some black people or people of color who are trying to see what it is like playing as a slave and, you know, what that would feel like through the game. Um, essentially that's what games are a simulation they help you live out different realities and stuff but it's just funny how race comes into play even when you aren't playing a game that is like based on race or gender or sex all that kind of stuff it's just funny how that stuff comes into play in the simulation like the real world you like you can't escape it well listen to what you're saying it seems like the game is talking about the time it says we see people in the news around the world are having conflicts with race but then when you have a chance to play it there can be some reality to that yeah it's not that far removed from reality it's like we haven't really progressed from 1899 um yeah there's a shame but that's the news sugar cubes for this episode we're going to move on to more show It is time for the main discussion. We are talking representation in movies. Um, Just mostly focused on movies we've seen. Um, So movies I've grown up with. And mom, some of the movies you've grown up with. um, How seeing different characters made us feel. And um, comparing that to some of the most celebrated movies we've had uh, come out last year and coming out this year. All right, let's get into it. What's on your list? On my list, I want to talk about Porgy and Bess as a 1930 movie. Ooh. Porgy and Bess is a good classical movie that I, I really enjoyed. It had um, Harry Belafonte, Sidney Poitier, and a couple other good actresses in it. And it was a love story, which you don't see real good, strong love. We don't represent it in a in our cinemas like we used to. Um, a then movie I remember growing up was Baby's Kids. Um, that was narrated by Robert Harris. That movie was funny, but it was really it was realistic. Um, and what I've known for some. Some of my friends, like, they have families like that. Um, it was unfortunate that, you know, when they got home, because um, Bebe wasn't actually in the movie. Her friend was watching her kids. Her friend was going on a date with um, the guy that Robert Harris was um, acting as in the animated film. But that movie was real. It was nice, too, that the kids were being kids and they had a little adventure and you know they were um kind of remind me of like parent trap but 
you know, just with kids of color. And they crack jokes at different stereotypes and things like that. Um, you know, those different hood tropes and things like that. What else? It was funny how people would use that saying when they see oh, a lady, a single parent mom with a bunch of children. Oh, she got baby kids. Or somebody tell you, girl, she can't bring them baby kids over here. And you catch yourself laughing. But at the end of the day, you're like, hey, that was sad. That was me. But you know what? It was funny, right? <laughs> yeah, but it it definitely, um, like thinking back now, I was a kid watching that. But thinking back now, um Robert Harris's character, he he did good about those kids. He came back and, you know, got them some food because they were you know, had an empty fridge and he helped them out. Um, so even though it was funny, it had a serious story to it. Another older movie I remember growing up with, um, one of my first superheroes that I remember was Blank Man. That was with uh, David Allen Greer, um, Damon Wayans, and... That movie was so funny to me, but it was funny to see just a regular nerdy black man uh, wanting to be a, a vigilante, a superhero. It reminded me of Batman because um, I remember the, like the original Batman with um, Bruce Wayne. yeah Bruce Wayne, but I don't remember the actor. I don't remember the actor, but you know it was a Poison Ivy, Frieza, and mm-hmm. the Penguin. That Penguin was scary. That movie, but. Um, it was comparative, Blank Man and Batman. Like that was my first time, and he was he was a real superhero. Mm-hmm. It was just funny. It was a good movie, um, a good story. It was. It was one of my first superheroes. Yeah, with Robin Givens. Mine is another oldie but goodie. It was Carmen Jones. Um, she was a. We talking about like women of color. You know how it is. You have the light skinned lady that comes on the block or comes in the new area and all the men are wooing her and all the other women who maybe are darker feeling some kind of way she just wanted to be respected and we see that now even today you come in you just want to be like everybody else give me a chance don't speak for me let me speak for myself don't go by my color because they always want to put you as a house nigga yes i think we should um talk about colorism on a future episode um and all those implications, I guess the history of it and how that affects us as black people. Um, I've never seen that movie. Um, Boys in the Hood was another movie. Um, that movie was dramatic. Poor Ricky. Zigzag Man. It was zigzag. That was hard to watch. But that also was um, something that you saw. Um, that was a reflection of our neighborhood. I always say I grew up hood adjacent because, you know, the hood was behind. It was a street behind the house, so. Um, but we weren't far removed. It was literally like in your backyard, the same kind of stuff going down. So um, just the way it was seen, it was like that's somebody telling our story, um, even though it wasn't, you know, happening in our state, per se. Like, the movie didn't take place in our state, but it was still a reflection, so it was a mirror. And it was like, yeah, this stuff is happening. Staring up kids. Kids are seeing dead bodies on the street. Um, the stuff you have to deal with, with, you know, not having your dad in your life 24-7. And what it's just like to be with your homies. And having those strong friendships and growing up with people. And wanting to do right. But, you know, the circumstances of your environment and 
the different systems and institutions that um, have like predetermined effects on your life and stuff like that. And my next one is JT, which is a 1969 actor, Kevin Hooks. Young guy falls in love with a little cat. And he has some mischievous bullies that bully him. And he stays in the projects. And he's trying to do better. And you see that, like now, kids just minding their business, just want some love. And they find a, a pet or they find something that they like and they take it home. And they learn to care for it because somebody's caring for them. And we don't. We see it, but we don't see it. And, you know, we have these other little, I guess, mind frame movies that try to put you in a feel-good state of mind. Like, they're trying to show more of now. But that's just one of my movies then. And the other one that I like was um, Do the Right Thing. What did you like about that? That's a Spike Lee film, right? Yes. Because it was in New York. And it shows you that everybody was coming together, having a good time, and showing the different levels of respect as I'm working, you working, we hot. Everybody's trying to make their little money and go by their day. But it takes one thing, one thing to blow all the disloyalty and all the hard work you do. Then they want to call you the N-word. And that's injustice as now. So saying um, different races and stuff were getting along until what happened? When uh, Pookie. Oh, you remember you used to call me Pookie. <laughs> I can't stand that. Like that was my uh, nickname growing up, Pookie. Pookie and Bugahannis. Pookie. Yeah, a gentleman wanted to come in and get some pizza, and they got the fuss and then called him one of them, like, you names. And then... He wanted to get pizza from where? Like, who from the it? Italian place. From the Italian pizzeria. And he was like... I can't get no pizza. And he was like, you can't come in with that boom box. And he was like, you people. Then one thing lived from another. Then somebody started breaking windows out. Then the Italian dude was like, oh, no, no. I respect him because he's worked for me for years. And he fired him. He was like, no, I'm going to work. Then he called him another name. And then they called him another Italian goop name. Then one thing lived from another. And that's like it is now. Mm-hmm. Um... Are we there yet? Ice Cube. That was um, a movie I did not expect to hit me the way it did because it was the two kids trying to keep um, their mom from dating a guy who was persistent, um, who initially didn't want to date a woman with kids, you know, different um, stereotypes about or assumptions people make about people who have kids and things like that, or what, you know, what you're um, taking on, like there's a different form of baggage. But um, I remember that scene when the kids were um, trying to find their dad and they ran away from Nick, played by Ice Cube. And um, those kids were crazy. They hopped on the train. He was chasing them on the horse. And, um, they made it to their dad's house. It's just funny how resourceful kids are. And it's like, I was that resourceful. Me and my brothers were that resourceful at a young age. We, I mean, it wasn't too far from what kids really do when they run away from home and things like that. I personally didn't run away from home, but different things you do to just escape whatever. And it's like, we really were resourceful. Um, but when they realized that their dad wasn't sick and that wasn't the reason why he couldn't pick him up, but he he was actually spending Christmas with his other family, his new family that he had started. He had a younger baby and the little girl was like, my dad used to kiss me like that. That hit me hard. Um, things like that. That was, 
it was um it helped me process some um grievances and grief I was dealing with at a young age but didn't know how to articulate it at that time um like didn't have the vocabulary for it or but it was just like visually seeing that represented and you know it was people the whole whole black family black people um and how your family can be and consist of these different people who are chosen and not necessarily blood related so Shout out to all the people I call fam who have been chosen and who are in my life. Love y'all. Oh, yes. And let's talk about that. The Best Man. That movie was really good. It was a beautiful setting. How friends come together, stay together, growing up. And they reminisce on how they became friends. Reminisce. Up until the um, wedding day. And, um... You want to see that good black love and families and friends forever. But wasn't, um, was the guy named the writer, wasn't he trifling? Yeah. Yeah. That, that, um, led into the franchise, The Best Man, and they had The Best Man Holiday. That brings us into some current movies. Um, like what, what have we got? Um. What about hidden figures? Yes. Um that speak that was just one of the takeaway films. Oh yeah. Hustle and Flow. Don't forget that. Yeah, that was an older movie. Um that didn't it win some awards mm-hmm. for the music? The music and everything. The people. I think that put um Terrence Howard, Taraji P. Henson. The soundtrack really went on to like a flagship for but yes, um, Hidden Figures um, was a really powerful movie to see. It was um, good to see just women being women, black women being black women, and seeing that side of history that, you know, isn't covered in American history books. There's so much history and things that aren't talked about in U.S. history. We can't expect teachers to teach everything especially you know out of that book that's been um chopped up and narrated in such a way that has you know nationalism and it just doesn't tell the the whole truth and nothing but the truth but um it reminded me to read more do more of my own research into history black history in general um black history you know, is American history for sure, and it spans beyond um, just studying and looking up different figures in February, or you know, on holidays where we celebrate specific people who are important and key to uh, Black history. Um, that's something we can do daily. Just there's so much out there, more than we know. The same way you know, you travel and learn more about the world. There's so much. Um, to discover. And another movie could be Girls Trip. That was a great comedy movie. I loved it because it reminded me of good times with some of me and my girlfriends. I remember 12 of us went to a beach. All of us had different attitudes, but you know what? You don't know nothing about a person until you really travel with them. But we had some good laughs, some good times. And now we all grown and we're grandmothers. 
Uh huh. I remember those pictures. Mm-hmm. Good old times. Time fly when you're having fun. Even the pounds come on. But I'm loving it. <laughs> yeah, so it was a great movie. I love the different references. The set it off reference that they had with the wigs. Set it off was traumatizing. Good lord, but um, it was showing the duality of women and just you know it was exploring uh, sexuality, just different hardships and how women can handle hardships. Um, set it off and thinking about that in um, Ocean's Eight. And seeing how they pulled off the heist and had the different characters and the different women. That was um, some parallels. Just showing how women can be deviant too. But there are other ways we can explore that. Um, Oh, another movie I'm excited for is Little Marseille Martin. Marseille Martin. Um, She's the youngest executive producer of a major Hollywood motion picture in ever. I think that's a great... Um, I just I can't put it in words. I'm just amazed by that little girl. Even when she plays in Blackish, I always knew she had some kind of little glow about her, some kind of studiousness, smartness about the little lady. I like her. I wish her luck. Oh, yes. All the best in the world. I'm excited to see that. Um, Moonlight. That was a really, really good movie with uh, Mahershala Ali and Trevante Rhodes. Oh, yeah. That was enjoyable. That was relaxing. Yeah, I loved how um, it was just a regular story yep. about love. Just like, wow. unrequited love. Like, you know, you read those uh, old romance books. But it was just, you know, from a kid discovering and navigating being... And feeling uh, these different feelings that you aren't supposed to talk about and how he became a man and how that shaped just how he had to grow up without being able to communicate how he really felt. And then having that one person who knows and has known all your life and then y'all find each other again when you're adults and have a little bit more freedom and leeway. That was a great movie. Acting. Awesome. Yes, it was. And you know what I forgot to talk about? Shaft. We had an old Shaft and a new Shaft in the 2000s, which uh, Richard Roundtree played. He was a great crime fighter. And that's what we look for, too, for our um, black gentlemen to always be in the forefront of whatever police detective, forensics, FBI movies they're playing. That was really good. We need to see more of that. Give her homage. Give homage to our black policemen out here and firefighters. Woohoo! I would love to see a movie with like more black secret agents. You know how like Foxy Brown and stuff like that. That's why I was um happy that Taraji P Henson she was in the movie um, Proud Mary. Like more secret agent type films and things like that. Um, with black women, women of color. That was awesome. Um, she didn't get, I don't feel like they advertised that movie well. No, they did. They didn't give her enough screen time and general promotion, but I, I um, enjoyed the movie. Her acting has always been amazing. She's She's good at transforming herself. 
Yes, she is. And we, you know, she's always revamping herself and speaking out for what she believes in, regardless of how you feel about it or where she comes from. Representing Washington, D.C. Yeah. And you also have movies um, for the kids that were different, um, just different perspectives. You had Coco, Princess and the Frog. Coco. That was a good movie. It was colorful. It was beautiful. The story. Um, it was just rich in culture. I wish we can come out with another movie like that. Um, not so as sad as as what somebody might want to write it. Because Coco was not dark. It was just making you feel proud of who you were and learning your family history. It was, And the music was great. It made me want to dance and cry at the same time. Yeah, I thought it was a great visualization of, um, you know, the celebration of Dia de, Dia de los Muertos, Day of the Dead, um, and just what it really means. Because, you know, you see the sugar skulls and all the different floral paintings and how they put food out for their loved ones and things like that. But it, it showed you why, and it broke it down and mm-hmm. something easy for kids to understand, too. Yeah, I think we need more of that storytelling Cause you know, after a while, at the rate we're going, it's not gonna be too much story to leave, and it gets changed through families, and you try to keep that tradition alive, on uh, how you came here, you know, your family tree. It's just a beautiful thing. How did you feel about um, Princess and the Frog? You know what? I was glad to see it, and once I saw it, I wasn't happy, cause they didn't, they just didn't do it right. It was a beautiful setting. And I, I'm getting off a script here a little bit. When I saw that baby doll in the store, I was not happy. Why? Because they had her looking like a hot mess. Because I wanted to get you one. When I saw it, I was like, are you serious? What was wrong with her? She was darker than what she looked like. And they had her eyes so big that like it was going to pop out of her head. I was I was just not satisfied with it. That product, whoever made it. I meant to see what toy company made it. Because I don't think it was a good seller. But I still wanted it for my collection. I thought um, Princess and the Frog, um, I don't know, the way they uh, showed the voodoo, like they had Mama Odie and the, the Dark Man, they were supposed to be two parallels of voodoo, and I think if I was a kid and seeing that, um, I would have been traumatized by the, the Shadow Man, that was his name, the Shadow Man, um, when he was getting buried and pulled down into the grave after not... Um, paying the price to the spirits and stuff like based on what i've studied it lined up to what i've seen and what i've read because mama Odie looked just like um this woman named mama ludu who is a voodoo priestess um so that parallel was clear um but also it was just it was odd and she wasn't a princess the whole time um people made the argument too but also um i don't know tiana tiana was a great girl but she was working hard and working 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 and um it could have been done better executed better but i was happy to see a black princess yeah. you know they had the latina princess uh El- esmeralda and um just more representation in different cultures and film for children you know they can see themselves in different ways but it's good for adults too um like we got to see Black Panther. That was one of 
the greatest uh, Marvel movies yes. of the year. I I think a couple we went as a group, and I think a couple of us ended up crying at the the film went off. I was so happy. I even had my what my own little African outfit on. What'd you say? Wanda. Wakanda forever. Well, you know what I'm trying to say. Represent it. It was a good movie. Yes, it was a good movie. Um, yeah. Um, I I think we in his in general we've had plenty of um blackface <laughs> variations. I think we've had very various uh. Overall, I think we have seen a number of different uh, personalities and lifestyles and things expressed by black people. But there's, I'm sure there's so much more to cover. Um, and we're seeing that now with people like Jordan Peele with Get Out and Us, which is coming up this year. Um, and other movies. Um, yes, with like A Wrinkle in Time from Ava, Ava DuVernay. And, um, you know, Issa Rae is... Um, Helping direct Marci Martin's little film. So I'm excited to see more movies and things and creations from bright minds like that. Yes, these screenwriters, they're working real hard to bring um, more movies for our enjoyment so we can do a little laughing. Yes, laughing, enjoying, and just seeing other facets of um, black life and other lives of color. And just diversity in general, just different stories different from different perspectives because we're getting more people who have not had that chance in the past to do and create on a large scale for larger consumption because um, it's not seen as status quo. What would What kind of movie would you like to see? What would you like to see represented in a movie? Oh, a nice, good um, comedy showing us. We we've seen something like that, like a Medea movie, when with the family getting together, but have a little mystery in it, like somebody getting missing and they come back as a millionaire or something like that. Not like a long lost cousin, but somebody get missing. Like you see the film. And later on, you be like, "Dad, where did that character go?" Then at the end, they show him plotting on something for a part two. That sounds interesting. I would like to see a movie with just a regular old fat girl. Just a regular story. There's no jokes. Um, just a regular girl. And she not like slim thick. I mean, just regular fat girl. Just having a regular story. Doing some regular things. Um, not like Precious. Because <laughs> what? That movie scared the boo out of me. I didn't like it. That movie, I that movie was so traumatic. You know, you have that nervous laughter. I was nervous laughing, nervous laughing through the whole movie. It was like too real for me. It was a combination of things. Um, the movie was written based off of like a book, and it was like multiple stories combined to make that one. But I don't. I don't know that that hasn't happened to somebody, like, all of that happening to somebody at once. I, I know that stuff happens to some people, yeah. but I'm saying, like, that, I don't, 
I just, I don't know. That movie was a lot to process, and it was really hard to watch. Even though I read the highlights of it, but seeing it and seeing the actors and actresses portray, they did an outstanding job. I give it to them. I had purchased this movie, looked at it once, believe it or not, people. I gave it away. And I know things happen in inner city, people's homes, but I wasn't ready for that. It was just too dark. It was just, I didn't want to know. Yeah, shout out to Gabby uh, Sidibay. I would, ooh, I would love to see more from Gabby. I love her. Um, you know what she's on. I know she's on Empire, but I'm saying like in a movie, like a, exactly. a Hollywood movie, just doing her thing, being funny, being herself, or doing whatever. Um, and like her weight not being the center of the story, just she exactly. doing her thing. She's just doing her thing. Um, shout out to her, Monique. Monique won the Oscar yeah. from that movie, from her performance in that. But she had to fight back to, to get back on the road. Now you know they kind of like blacklist her, but Monique, keep doing your thing, babe. Keep doing your thing. Yes, that's what I would like to see in the movie. Um, of course, our lists were not exhaustive because you know we could have talked about Pootie Tang. You know, Mama, can I dine on the cherries? We know we ain't started because all three of my kids were saying that stuff, driving me crazy. I was like, y'all better not go to school acting like that. We do. You you raised us well. We do. There were certain, some things we could say at home and we were playing outside and things we just could not bring to the classroom. And that was one of them, you know, sadate and it's okay. But um, there are plenty of movies we did not discuss. So you all shout us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all those things. Let us know what movies um, impacted you positively for what they did or didn't have or how they represented um, you or if they didn't represent you. Uh, what movie can you really see yourself in? Let us know. Um, shout us out. You can use the hashtag Talking Brown Sugar or Talking Brown Sugar. Um, you can add us, send an email, all those kinds of things. But that was our main discussion for today. And we just want to remind you about where you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Or you can email us at talkingbrown.sugar at gmail.com. Yep. And on Twitter at talkingbrownsug. That's Twitter at talkingbrownsug. Um, we don't have any church announcements, do we? Praise God. I'm not going to be anywhere. Are you going to be anywhere? Fancy coming up? No, but we have a meeting that we'll talk about that because we'll let people know where we're going to be. Didn't we know about there's a secret meeting. We'll let you know know. what comes of that. But until then, I'm Angela. I'm Raja. We We out. out.